0: Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 122 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran and I have been metal detecting now for 30 years. This week, I'm going to give you a couple of updates and we're going to talk about soil, the earth beneath your feet. So let's get into it, I suppose. A few updates. All can agree. The fine story from Peter at seconddig.com. Last week was great. So, more of that, please. I did receive loads of positive feedback. So, yes, please send them on to me. It really adds to the show. And then, of course, we have Doctor Detector. That's Dr. Detector at the Metal Detecting So, D R D E T E C T O R at the Metal He's lying in wait and he's crying out to help. So get those emails into me. Or if you can't remember Dr. Detector's email address, you can email me, Kiron, C-I-A-R-A-N, at themetaldetectingshow.com. Another sort of housekeeping update, Upload.fm, a service that I use to auto-upload the podcast to YouTube, has gone out of business. So if you normally listen on YouTube... This may be the last episode you'll hear on YouTube that can automatically be uploaded. So I may have to come up with a process around uploading the podcast itself onto YouTube manually. Some further updates. have a new job. So that means my release schedule will move from Friday 3 p.m. International Standard Time to probably Wednesday 3 p.m. International Standard Time. But not for a few weeks. I just wanted to give you a little bit of notice. And of course, I will let you know when it does happen. So a request for podcast feedback, I suppose. You may have noticed some ads being spliced in by my podcast hosting service, Buzzsprout. It's an effort to monetize the podcast a little bit. But to be honest, it only generates about $2 a month. So it's understandable, you know. So for me, I could take it or leave it. So if you are very much against the ads on the podcast i can absolutely take them away but let me know okay so listen let's get on to the meat of the issue the meat of the episode this week so this week i'm going to talk about the earth beneath your feet the wind beneath your wings the earth beneath your feet what i mean is we spend so much time worrying about our gear or detectors and never really think of the substrate we're digging in and whether they are characteristics to consider or stuff that can help us with detecting. So soil, there are many types of soil, but generally all types are a categorization of a ratio of organic material to mineral material. Organic material being rotted or the remains of leaves, animals, bacteria, and is generally considered the living component of soil. Living because it's generally small soil microbes breaking it down, Not all organic matter breaks down at the same rate. Some can take quite a few years, like bones and shells. I suppose that's where fossils come from. I know what you're thinking, Kieran. How long does it take a body to turn into a skeleton? Well, believe it or not, I did look it up. (laughs) A body can turn into a skeleton or skeletonize, such a great word, in as little as a week or as long as a year, depending on the environment. So... If you find a finger still in a ring, you know it's freshly dropped. Anyway, soil is generally a ratio between mineral content, which is the rocks, dust, sand, and the organic compounds. This organic matter is typically situated on the top 15 centimetres or 6 inches of the earth. Why does this matter? Well, considering the bulk density of soil is a lot less than the mineral bulk density, This creates almost a shelf that vines can sit on at, you guessed it, the transition line between the organic material and the mineral material. Normally, again, 6 inches to 15 centimeters. But this depends on your own specific field or park. So try to pay attention. Find a layer when you dig your first few holes. You should be able to identify it by the colors. Soil is darker. So just looking at soil types, you have two types. Aerobic and anaerobic anaerobic is soil that is hard compacted and devoid of oxygen a famous example would be the thames foreshore famous for mudlarking and famous for preserving the condition of vines this preservation is down to like i said the lack of o2 or oxygen you need oxygen to form oxides Our favourite oxide being iron oxide rust, (laughs) but you also need oxygen for microbes to exist and zero microbes mean that organic finds come out in better condition compared to a normal field for example. Intact leather from the Roman era is not unusual on the Thames for sure. Human remains are also found in surprisingly good condition due to the anaerobic soil conditions. Pure heaven for a detectorist. Go on the other end of the soil scale you have sand or beach sand to be exact. It could be river sand but it's all the same. Sand highly mineralized and highly porous. Porous in that the grains come together leaving loads of gaps resulting in a nice space for oxygen to hang out rusting away our targets and that's why you would call it aerobic because it has the presence of oxygen. But Add in the electrolytic properties of seawater to the mix and you have a recipe for perfect toasting of clad coins. Beach and sand are compacted but unlike soil it can be compacted several feet below the surface which is of zero use to us till a cut forms removing the loose sand leaving behind the hard compacted sand on which many years of lost coins and jewellery will sit. Learn to identify the cut. It should be obvious to you as a channel or gully literally cut into the beach or if you're lucky and hit the beach post a storm, for example, you will find all the loose golden sand removed from the beach, leaving you a smorgasbord of potential targets. This removal of the top loose sand can also do you a massive favour in removing all the trash from the beach, leaving only metal targets that happen to drop down to the hard-packed sand. If you're extreme, this cut may even be in the white horses, requiring you to don the waders and get out there. Before I move off the beach, let's chat about black sand. Maybe an urban legend, but supposedly black sand is where gold nuggets like to live. However, the only black sand I have ever experienced is from either an oil spill or a layer of rotten seaweed where the sand was picked up somewhere else and then dropped on top of the seaweed that had already washed up previously either way i have never found gold in black sand i have found gold in the cut however okay a few things to consider when talking about soil earth and sand well you can't discuss soil without touching on mineralization or mineralized soil Mineralization is driven by the amount of ferrous compounds found in the soil or bedrock of your search field. Essentially, these ferrous compounds produce a metal signal when under induction from your metal detector. A good example of this is Australia's outback soil, which is highly red in color and full of ferrous compounds, but this is an extreme example. Generally, the newer the soil, the less the effect of mineralization is felt. Why is this a problem? Well, the higher the mineralization, the harder it is for your detector to distinguish metal targets from background mineralization. Think of it similar to driving in the fog. If you put your high beams on, you won't see a thing. But if you keep your beams low, you're able to see the road ahead with ease. Same with the detector. The answer is not more power. Most detectors have some form of ground balance, whose main function is to filter out the fog of mineralization be this automatically or manually, its function is the same. However, in the situation where ground balance is not filtering out the fog of mineralization effectively, the answer is to go on low beams. And in detecting, that's accomplished by lowering sensitivity. You might get away with shifting frequency if you have that functionality, but adjusting sensitivity is tried and tested. Mineralization also occurs on the beach due to the electrolytic properties of the salt water and the answer is the same adjust ground balance and sensitivity if you can however unlike mineralized soil sometimes if your detector struggles on salt water it's a losing battle and a detector with an appropriate salt water function may be more appropriate the NOx comes to mind here the other soil related issue we face detecting is halo effect. Some people don't believe in halo effect, but I do. Halo effect occurs when a metal object is buried for a long period of time in porous or aerobic soil. This causes the iron or ferrous portion of the target oxidize, resulting in these oxides leaching into the surrounding soil, creating a halo around the object, giving indication on your detector of something larger than the actual size or even disappearing when you do the first dig. This can also occur in highly acidic soil, which can accelerate the process, creating the halo effect over a shorter period of time. If you were to analyse the soil, you would find ferrous compounds in abundance. These compounds cause a false positive, indicating a larger target or even a target with higher conductivity. A clear indication of halo effect is the signal downgrades to an iron grunt as soon as you break the soil, and in some cases, it may even disappear completely. Halo effect results in a target presenting itself as greater than the sum of its parts. Listening to the hum of your threshold null out the ferrous compounds can be a sure sign of iron as it can create a niffy target. Halo effect can cause target masking where the larger target with halo effect hides the adjacent good target. But again, once you disturb the soil, the good target should shine true. Finally, a soil property that I know to be true and has a positive effect on your detecting ability and that's the actual water content. Have you ever noticed that your detector performs better just after a rain? Signals seem brighter. This is down to the mineralization again. However, with the addition of the rain, it creates a conductive layer or stills the background noise, making it easier to filter out using ground balance making the fine seem brighter to your detector. Think of it like a cold night where the temperature drops and it gets so cold, the sky is crystal clear. The air is still and it seems you can see every single star in the sky. That's what I believe is happening when the soil gets wet from rain. So that's it guys. So the soil has a huge effect on your ability to detect. It should be a huge factor in preparation or during. Try to see where the organic material layer ends and the mineral layer starts. Is the soil aerobic or anaerobic? If on a beach, can you see or identify a cut in the beach or a section of hard, compacted sands? Is the earth mineralized? Do I need to adjust ground balance or get a detector more suited to salt water? Do I believe in halo effect? Is that where your find went? Was it a false positive? And finally, how wet is the soil? Is it going to help me? how wet is the soil tinker that now next time you're out detecting <laughs> i leave it there get out there eyes down good luck and happy hunting just before we wrap up there guys don't forget to send in your agony and questions to dr detector at the metal detecting com or to Kiran at the metal detecting com. and don't forget to check out patreon buy me a coffee or youtube bye